0: We're on. We're on. we're on, we're on, we're on, we're on. We put on the Christ life and we're on. When we put him on, we're on. Hallelujah. What's amazing about putting on the Christ life is when we put on the Christ life, it's like he puts us on. And so, when are we on when we put him on? <laughs> when are we on is when we put him on. And I have a lot of notes and Bibles open and so. Uh, it would take the holy ghost to navigate through all of it so this is this is it it's a flow of the holy ghost and... for this is a day of provision a day of mighty provision and outflow and a flow of the holy ghost as never before an hour of provision of revelation light and power thank you father thank you father so today, the message is the strengthening of faith, the strengthening of faith. And um, I already know what next week's message is going to be because I heard you in praise and worship. And it will be, I'll give you a preview, the four power words that are unleashed from the love of God. And that these four power words unleash the love of God on earth. And so... Happy next week for power words which is the very love of god so romans 4 we'll go back to and this is a strengthening of faith the strengthening of faith we looked last week at um again uh, father abraham we uh then we went to the woman with the issue of blood and recognized that now identification our identification is the christ life and that there is a moment and there is a season, especially before our new birth, that we can definitely most definitely identify with the woman of the issue of blood. And even there's two moments when we're in Christ, when our minds are bombarded and when we're being crowded by a crowd of doubters and unbelief in our minds and bombarded with thoughts that are wanting to exalt themselves above the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are to really pull them down and not allow that to bring forth a chokehold in our faith. Well, not to allow for but these thoughts of doubt and belief as they were crowding around about Jesus to, to silence the word of God because they could not silence the work of God. Why? Because Jesus walked in dominion over that crowd. And though they were choking around about him, that thronging word that we looked in, in, in Luke was it chapter eight, uh, that the crowd thronged around about him, that word was, was choke and that as, as weeds would choke a plant and yet he was not choked. Because he walked earth as a man in dominion. And unless we exercise dominion in this walk here as a man with the Christ man in us, the weeds of doubt and belief will choke the word out. But Jesus did not allow for himself to be choked out. Because he was always hooked up with the Father. He was always hooked up with a divine reality. That he knew his assignment. He knew the very will of God. I wrote a blog this past week what was the title of it (laughs) um the constancy of transformation the constancy of transformation that without an undergoing of transformation on a daily basis because we go from glory to glory to glory and every day we've been given a new mercy we've been given a new mercy to go forth with this transformation so the mercy is not to just barely make it the mercy is actually this grace is given to us to be transformed into the image and likeness of the Christ man. Not to just barely make it. So oftentimes I wake up, okay, thank you, God, and your mercy. Mm-hmm. No, the mercy is for the transformation, that you would undergo this transformation, the work of the Word within you, the working of the Holy Ghost, that we can resemble and reflect the very image of the Lord Jesus Christ, that we can now be the ones releasing the dunamis power, the flow of the virtue healing, the word of encouragement, the laying of the hands, and the sick to recover, and uh, we walk earth in dominion, and so that was a recap of last message, and my dominion post, and so we'll continue on the same theme today. I believe a little bit deeper Romans four nineteen back to Abraham. I'm looking at the New Living Translation here. And Abraham's faith did not weaken even though at about a hundred years of age, he figured, he figured, he gave it some thought. You know, you don't just figure out one day. It's often, often you've given it some thought. And and you know, at about a hundred years of age, you have a lot of time to figure out some things. You got a few years under your belt. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Um, And so, there was a lot of figuring out and a lot of trying to figure out because of the matter that was at hand, the matter that was at hand, and he had no heir. She said, how, how, how is it you bless me without, if I go without an heir when he had an encounter with God? What do you mean you're blessing me? I don't have an heir. My servant, you will be the one who will take over this inheritance. And God said, no. And at that moment, God made a promise to him and changed his name and called him the father of many nations so that now there was a new thought he could ponder on. Abraham, God gave Abraham a brand new thought to think about. And so if we go here back to the verse at about a hundred years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead and so was Sarah's womb. So now. Not only was his body as good as dead, but even the one that was to be an aid in this matter, her womb is not producing. And so verse 20, Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. He never wavered in believing God's promise. And so if I go to the King, New King James translation of that, 19 already, and not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body so not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body. So then we can recognize that if we are weak in faith, we will do what? Consider our own body. Not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body. Why? Because right the verse before, he stood in the presence of God and, and he, he recognized that God is the one that that calls those things that be not as though they were. He he's the one that raises the dead back to life. He's the God of all possibility. And in the presence of all possibility, faith was birthed of the word of God. Of the promise of God, there is inherent power in every word of God. In every word of God, there is inherent power for you to believe. And that's why faith can only come through the inherent power of the word of God. They'll come through hearing. And so without the submitting of your outer ear to the preaching of the word of God or of your inner ear to the hearing of the voice of God, which is the hearing of faith that Paul writes about, the hearing of faith, without submitting to the hearing of faith, we will have a weak faith and will consider our natural moment. But he, not being weak in faith, Today's message is the strengthening of faith, and so that's why I'm, I'm kind of going back through some verses. But I believe the Holy Ghost is putting a new emphasis on verses that we've gone through a lot. Not being weak in faith, and so we can say, "I'm not weak in faith." And at that moment, what am I saying, God? I want to grow up, which means transformation of hand. The constancy of transformation, which means transformation hand. We will not have a strong faith without a transformation undergoing, which is the renewing of our mind by this word of God. The washing of the word over the debris of worldliness that has been stuck on like gump, is it? On us. And only the word can strip that hindrance. Only the word as we run this race of life and, and love I have at that moment a choice. Do I allow? Do I engage a working? Do I engage this working? Do I engage this inherent power within me? Am I going to mix this message with faith? Am I going to believe or am I just like um, one of the grounds last week again look 8, hey, that the one that, the, with the weeds they just they walked away they departed so am I going to depart from believing the word? Because that will determine the level of my faith. That will determine what I will consider on a daily basis. And we know that that which we ponder on as a man thinks so is he. So then I recognize that which I figure out or not figure out, that which I ponder on is really what my life will represent. That will be the reflection of my life in a very little while. Because you produce produced after its own kind, thought being a seed, and every seed produces after its own kind. So, that which I meditate on for a hundred years, he figured out he could not produce a son, period, and it was just not possible. And so, it was not possible. So, his conservation was impossibility because he considered his body as good as dead until an encounter with the living God, until an encounter with, with, with the God of all possibility. And a word was given to him of possibility and he latched on to it. Against all hope he hoped and he believed and he became the father of men and nations. And that becoming became a a point of him believing as soon as he believed because that's how it was reckoned to him as righteousness because he believed. It's a point of you you, you crossing over that, mm, that which you were used to, which was a doubt and unbelief and you're stepping into this divine a life that we already have in Christ and laying hold of this word of truth and not letting go and contending in the fight of faith as we've been talking for weeks now, that we are becoming a whole new, a whole new dimension of faith. We are undergoing a transformation so that we would not be wicked faith and will not consider our own bodies just like Abraham, who was already as good as dead, already dead since he was about 100 years old and a deadness of Sarah's womb, so there were a lot of dead things happening, a lot of dead situations happening, and so weak faith will consider the deadness of your moment, a weak faith will consider the deadness of your moment, and so often we find ourselves, and there is a a moment where we can judge ourselves before the Lord in, in, in the light of the love of the He didn't consider that which was already dead in his mind. In his mind, he was already dead. And in his mind, Sarah's womb was already dead. Why? Because they had some experience. Didn't bear fruit, didn't bear fruit. One year, two years, three years, five years. He's now a hundred years old, many years. And so that experience of human life creates a, a, a persuasion as well of unbelief. The persuasion. Creates is unbelief. Whereas the persuasion of the word of God creates is faith. So that which will communicate will be a reflection of what I believe. To that which I've allowed to be persuaded by. And so a weak faith is where my circumstances persuaded me that it's impossible. But is it really impossible? Or am I, through my lack of faith, persuasion, calling it impossible, and because I'm after the manner of of the one who called me. I'm locking it down into an impossibility now. Well, Abraham was not weak in faith, and so he did not, verse 20, and so he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief but was strengthened that's what we're going for but was strengthened in faith was strengthened in faith you see it's all a matter of consideration and that which you magnify would either weaken you or strengthen you so so it's all life is is always that which we reflect on on a regular basis determines the course of my life and so often so often we, we, we see it as the opposite, that the circumstances of my life bring forth a reflection. But is it that from my reflection of what I consider, I'm locking down or releasing circumstances? So that which you struggle in your mind would be a weak point. You, you take this word The promise and use it as a hammer to strengthen and fortify that moment so now when you when you walk earth and of course there's always the moments that you're in whether go back to school which we bless that go back to school with the freedom of the Holy Ghost with the very life of God you're always in the moment and what you choose to consider and the way you consider it is actually determining the course of your moment I always look at circumstances, circumstance and moments like, 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 almost like, um, you know, the different apps when I'm about to delete them and they kind of go in the flutter state and I decide whether I delete them or not. I always find the circumstances in my life come in a flutter state. I can even press delete or I can activate. They're never all locked down. Because now in my Christ nature, what avails is what? New creation, which is faith working by love. So there's never any impossibility. There will always be a veiling power given to me, but that is only out of my new man, which will be only out of a fake consideration because it's faith working by love. So only the word can give me my consideration. Only the word can shape my life to give me a, a determined outcome by, by, by marking my believer, by persuading me to know that I am no longer bound by this natural circumstance, but I am giving it an outcome. And so Abraham, because he believed and did not waver, verse twenty one, he was fully convinced that what he that what God had promised him, that God was able to perform, and therefore it was accounted to him for righteousness. And did God perform it? Did God perform it? God performed it. But Abraham did not consider God faithful, it might not have been performed. Let's go back to 20. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith. I want to look that word strengthened, but was strengthened in faith. The um the root of it is actually very surprising. It's tunimus. And so It's 1743, and Dunamo, and Dunamo is, I fill with power, strengthened to make strong. And so he was filled with strength. He was filled with strength by that which he considered, that which he meditated on, by that which he pondered. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing the very alive voice of God. And as I'm hearing, it's producing a meditation within me that is birthing and, 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 and manufacturing faith, a strong faith. And so it is a uh, filled with power, strengthened to make strong, and it's made up of two words. I like, I like the two words. The one is n an, and it's the word in, in, I-I-N, in, which ate- intensifies the second word, which is dynamo, which, of course, we can hear the word "dynamo" in it. The miracle-working power of God. Properly, now you can look at that as to impart ability, to make able, to empower. The um, this little proposition in. It's inside, within, figuratively in the round sphere of, as in the condition, the state which something operates from the inside, from within. So the very word has a working, and when they put that proposition in before it, it actually is intensifying the purpose of the power. So that we know dunamis is inherent power. It is a power that resides in us, almost like power on loan. It's not, I don't produce that dunamis. And so that is the dunamis power that, that came out of Jesus that made that woman whole. When she touched the hem of his garden, it says, that he felt power leaving, virtue, that's the word dunamis. Well, that's the very power of God that resided in Jesus' Well, And so this dunamis power of God, this miracle working endowment strength of God, the strengthening of it is by faith, and so we can increase the working of this power. And he was strengthened. His faith was strengthened. And so we are about a strong faith. We are about a strong persuasion that will get the job done in this hour. That no longer it will be God. When will you do it? God, how come this is not happening? But it will be more of an internal work. Well, Lord, what are you calling me to do in this moment? What have you equipped me to overcome right now? What is it that you've endowed me with with this power? What is this power in me given to do at this moment? How do I release this working power? I wanted to look at um, I think two, yeah, three more verses where that's used. Philippians 4:13, this that back I just read. Philippians 4. But before I go to 4.13, I'll read from 10 on because 10 on is a is, is really what this stands on. So here we go. But I rejoice, this is Philippians 4.10, but I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again. Though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am, to be content. I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. I know how to abase and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. This right here, what God spoke to me when I read it, a few weeks ago, he said to me, what I just read to you is a definition of no care. I don't have a care. I'm called into the ministry. Just one moment here. Timothy, the very last moment of his life, Paul in Second Timothy um, 4, 16. At my first defense no one stood with me but all forsook me what do you say I've learned how to abound and how to be abased I don't take the care of it anymore I don't have a care anymore why the very next verse in 2nd Timothy 4 is why verse 17 and that is where again the word strengthened is used but the Lord stood with me and strengthened me so that the message might be preached fully through me and that all the Gentiles might hear. He was so mindful of the call of God, and this call trained him to ha huh, be to believe regardless of the situation to never take the care of your natural moment to never take the care whether he was abounding in natural or seemingly not abounding in natural to never take the care if someone stood by him or all rejected him as in this case in his very last hour after having written these epistles these mighty revelations of divine inspiration the very words of the holy ghost the bearer is the life of Christ within, the bearer is the life of the church. He really identified us as the body of Christ and, and who in the body of Christ is that we've been raised together. As. The, this is the one that, that moved in such miracles, signs and wonders, and moved in such a power of proclamation. He says, I come to impart unto you. I didn't come with wise words of men, but I came with inspiration. The Holy Ghost impart a gift, a revelatory gift that one that he imparted into so many in his last moment all forsook him he was not shook up don't be shook up when they all forsake you not shook up why would he be shook up who stood with him who stood with him god stood with him and as a believer god stands with you so you can make the right choice and stand up for him Why did God stand for him? Because Paul stood for him. Why did Jesus stand for him? Because Paul stood for him. At his first what? Defense. He stood for the cause of Christ. And he was in chains. He was in prison. He stood in the midst of persecution that we don't even know what it looks like. He stood for Christ. Because God had trained him. Don't rely on man. Don't trust man. Don't rely on circumstance. Trust me alone. Have no fear of the external, but be mindful of the eternal. I stand with you, Paul. If I, before you, who can be against you? If God, before me, who can be against us? If God has called me, what's there? He'll finish at the end. Do we believe the word or we don't believe the word? I think this is an hour when we as a body of Christ are coming to this moment where we are reckoning what we believe. Are we all going to toss it out of the boat just because it's turbulent? Or are we going to buckle down and stand and stay the course for Christ? And stand and do all forsake us. We stand. Because we've learned to abound. Because we've been strengthened now by the miracle inherent power of God. Not my power, not my mind, God's power. God's working within me. Next week, the four words of power, four, Four. four. <laughs> They're at down to love of God. Do we believe we're loved? Are we loved? Yes, we are loved. Who stands with us? Christ stands. And so if you go back to Philippians 3 here, sorry, Philippians 4, that's why in verse 13 he says, I can do all things. How can you do all things? What enabled him to learn to walk through really hard moments? The revelation that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me because he stands in me. He lives in me. Holy Ghost has infilled me. The one who raised Jesus from the dead lives in me now and I'm part of the glorious body of Christ on earth and he is my head and all I see is his headship in my life. All I see is his headship in my life. I walk life and I run a race of endurance. It's an endurance race. I'm stirred up today. (laughs) We have to be stirred up because he stands with us. He says, all oh, forsook me, but Jesus, the Lord, my God, my God, stood, stood with me, with me, alongside of me. He's right there. He's in me. He's everywhere. He's everywhere. He's my God. In me. Stood with me. Strengthened me. Why? So that the message might be preached. Because the call to be fulfilled, the call is very important on your life. Fulfill it. Fulfill the call of God. Something else Paul wrote here, Colossians four seventeen. Take heed of the ministry which you have received in the Lord, that you may fulfill it. He took heed. Paul took heed of the ministry God and trusted him, so you fulfill it. That's why when you're mindful of the call of God, you are indestructible. The call preserves you. When you yield it to the call of God, you're untouchable. You'll suffer persecution and shipwrecks and some beatings, potentially. If the call will keep you strong to the very end, to the very, very end. And he said, what else did he say here? What about if we just before, right early in chapter four, verse six, for I'm already being poured out as a drink offering. My life is a living sacrifice. What a powerful statement. I am the living sacrifice for you, father. He's saying, I'm being poured out as a drink offering. And the time of my departure is at hand. I fought the good fight. What a statement. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. I have kept the faith. See what the point is? Keep the faith. Keep a strong persuasion to the very end, not just at the beginning. Abraham kept the faith. And so he was where? He is now in Hebrews 11 because he kept the faith. Noah kept the faith. Daniel kept the faith. Your thrown in the lion's den kept the faith. The three Hebrew boys kept the faith. Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. Kept the faith. How do you keep the faith? In the midst of tribulation, To keep the faith. Content. Lay hold of. Why? Wow, external pressure. We talked about opposition. It's working for us. So, kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. You can't keep the faith if you don't know the love of God. Faith works by love. Who have loved his appearing. How does he appear to me? Right here. I love his appearing. I love his appearing. And that's, it's when you see him in the word. Faith is quickened. And you withstand stand steadfast in the faith. All opposition. So, we think we finished with Philippians. So right there, I can do all things. Do you know what? Oh, look at the word, I can do, I can, I can do, I can do. That is... Word word looked at? Iscus. You know, in, in Galatians 5 and 6, where it um, talks about that which avails for God is new creation. The word avail is iscus, right? It is um, isco. 2480. Isco. And it's to, to be strong, to have power. I have strength. I'm strong. I prevail. When he says, I can do all things. I can do all things. But I prevail in all things. My concordance. Philippians four thirteen. I can do. That is isco twenty four eighty to have strength. So to 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 be in full health and vigor, to be able to prevail. From iscus, which means to have force. Which he's saying. Why does he not have a care? Whether he abounds or whether he doesn't abound, because he has the force to overcome it all. It's very easy to the understand the, the Christian life is a is, is life of pure victory and dominion. He said, Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned. I've learned in whatever state I am, I just keep going, in glory. Why? Because I'm going to come out of this one, and out of that one, I'm going to come out of this, and out of this like I'm going to come out of, and out of this curse I'm going to come out of, and out of this persecution I'm going to come out, and out of that accusation I'm going to come out of, and out of that lie I'm going to come out, I'm going to come out. Because why? I can. Because why? Faith works for love in me, Paul says. Because I've loved disappearing. And I've kept the faith. I've overcome all things. I've learned it's not a matter of surveying the external, like Father Abraham. I said there in Romans 4, it's a matter of consideration. What are you considering? Some of us need to like really reign in our minds, reign in the thoughts. Stop considering that. Stop considering it. Abraham, 100 years old. As soon as he encountered God, he stopped. All that wrong consideration just stopped. That's what the appearing of Jesus does in the word of God. It cancels all negation. This word trumps it all. This is truth. Cancels the lie every time. So I can do That is Isco. Prevail, I overcome. New creation man, I am. I prevail, I overcome. New creation man, I am. I can do all things through Christ, the Christ life of dominion within me, who strengthens me. That's in that's that's that the dunamis power is working within. So we looked at. Go back to 2 Timothy here. Go back to, if we read 17, 4 17. But the Lord stood with me and strengthened me. That word strengthen is again uh, and uh, with, with Dunamis right in the midst of it. So that the message might be preached fully through me and that all the Gentiles might hear. Also, I was delivered out of the mouth of the lions. He was not shot down by the lions. At that moment, he wasn't really abounding, was he? But God made him abound through the working of might within him. I was delivered out of the Mount of lions, And the Lord would deliver me from every evil work. The Lord would deliver us from every evil work. And preserve us. He said, Paul says, and preserve me for his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. It is the preservation of the mighty Holy Ghost as we engage with the call of God. As we engage with the call of God. As we are fully persuaded that that which God has spoken to me, he's faithful to do it. Faith is my keeping ground. I'm kept by the power of, of God. What is his power? It's faith. Power. It's my strengthener. The next one is, is again Paul in, in Timothy, but this one is First 1 Timothy 1:12. 1, and I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who has enabled me. And here, which was enabled, because dunamis is enablement, right? But it's it's the it's in some translation it strengthened me, who has strengthened me, who has enabled me. Because he counted me faithful. Look at that. Putting me into the ministry. Although I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, an insolent man, by obtained mercy, grace was given to me. Mercy, new mercy every day. Why was the mercy given to him? For transformation. Not to barely make it, but to finish his course strong. To overcome all things. And I, there, there have been times when I've gone to bed, I'm like, I'm glad today's over. and new mercy tomorrow. Not a right thought to have. That's not an overcomer's thought. An overcomer's thought is, I'm undergoing a mighty transformation. I'll resemble my master and my savior. That through my, the strong persuasion of my faith, when all things work together for me, for my good. Because I'm called by him, the call of God again. And I love him because I love his appearing. I will withstand all and I'll be found on the other side, triumphant again. Doesn't matter if he is there, I know how it goes. Because I've been enabled by the power of the Holy Ghost. And so he had, you know, he was an insolent man, a persecutor but he obtained mercy because he did it ignorantly in unbelief. He says, and the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant with faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. 1 Corinthians 15.10 talks about that by the grace of God he is who he is. 1 Corinthians 15 9 and 10 I'll just read it. For I am the least of the apostles. Why? Because he, because he was a persecutor, a blasphemer, an insolent man. Well, I'm not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace, verse 10, by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace towards me was not in vain. So let his grace towards us not be in vain. The power that's us were, let it not be in vain. How would it not be in vain? When we engage the calling. When we yield to his spirit, when we believe the word of God and shut down all struggle, whether it's true or not, whether it's applicable for right now, it's applicable. This is the only way out. The word of God is the only way out. By the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace towards me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all yet. Not I. You see, he engaged with great abundance of a labor. But yet, not I, but the grace of God which was with me. That the grace enabled him to engage with the grace. Therefore, whether it was I or they, so we preach and so you believed. How powerful. No division in the body of Christ. Whether it was I or they, so we preach and so they believed. Glory to God. And so here, back to 1 Timothy 1.12. I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has enabled me. He has strengthened me because he counted me faithful. And so to wrap it up, um, now that we have this inherent power within us, the strengthening of the Holy Ghost, that is the, 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 um, a might that resides within all of us as believers. It's given to us by God. But the engagement of this power brings forth a manifestation of power. And that's a different word. That's kratos.
1: A manifestation of the power
0: of God is kratos, which is dominion. And that's very different. And so I want to look at um, a couple of verses with that one, because it's not so much for us to believe we have the power. We need to engage the power. To be able to manifest the power. And we have been here teaching on how to engage the power. Well, you reckon yourself dead in, in the flesh, alive in the spirit. You, you um, are a believer. That which you hear, you mix it with faith. And now it propels into an action. This persuasion, when it, when, when you allow it to grow, it starts moving and creates a, a, a forward motion. And this forward motion is called the life of faith. We're living now unto God. A lot of the messages have been coming up this morning have been talking about how you do this, how do you walk this 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 divine life here on earth. And it's to do with laying hold. It's to do with laying hold. Fighting the good, fight the faith. Book of Revelation, we looked at this first before. Actually, before Revelation, let's go to, Col- uh, mm, Colossians has it, but also Ephesians. I'm going to look at the Ephesians one. Ephesians... Um, three this really gives a right context to it like it, it, I mean the word always gives a right context to everything but it, it just brings it out perfectly um Ephesians 3 mm, mm, mm. Paul's prayer 16 it, Paul is praying that the Lord that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory this is the word to be strengthened that's Kratos that's to prevail by God's dominating strength to attain mastery so that's what i said it's it's a it's it's a manifestation of power it's a a a walking out of that which is within us so even though to in english is the same word strengthened but it's actually a whole different word it's from the word kratos according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might now might is dunamis so we are strengthened with so that, that which resides in us is actually enable, enabling us to to walk out a strong walk unto god that we can put feet to this power that's within us through the, his spirit in the inner man that christ may dwell in your heart through faith i i looked at the the passion translation there verse 17 that christ may dwell in your heart by faith I love the rendition here in the Passion. It is, then by constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside of you. So by constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside of you. So here we're seeing, we're seeing that as we engage with, with the power within us, it's bringing forth a strong walk that is a walk of dominion. Let's look at the Colossians, since I did mention it. Colossians 1, actually I'll read from the Strong's. Colossians 1, 11. Um, again, Paul's prayer, that you may, walk, verse 10, that you may walk, you may walk, you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened, strengthened, uh, that is from dunamis, to be empowered with all might, according to his glorious power, for all patience and long suffering with joy. The, the strong says, being strengthened, which is from dunamis, with all power, power is, is, is also uh, dunamis, according to his glorious might, and that's the glorious might here, but I think in mine, the New King James, his glorious power translated there, but that is kratos. That is dominion, strength, power, a mighty deed, uh, vigor. And so if we read in that context, that we're strengthened with this dunamis ability within us according to his glorious power, which is to manifest him, to manifest him, to dominate, to dominate him, for him, for all patience and long-suffering. So this is for all patience and long-suffering in my strong concordance, it reads, so you may have, have full endurance and patience joyfully. That you may have full endurance. So how do you walk out faith? You endure to the end. You believe to the end. You walk out that which is Within us, now I can finish with the book of Revelation 2. And all of it is a function of the word and the spirit. Because when you stand firm on the word, you can withstand Satan. When you stand on the word, you can withstand Satan. When you stand firmly with a firm persuasion that which is spoken to you, that you've reckoned him faithful, then you can withstand all and you can endure it to the very end. So, uh, Revelations 2, 25. So, Church of Thyatira, at the end, let's say 24. Now to you I say, and to the rest in thy Terror, as many as do not have this doctrine, who have not known the depths of Satan, as they say, I'll put on you no other burden. Verse 25, but hold fast, that comes from Kratos. But hold fast what you have till I come. And he who overcomes and keeps my works until the end, to him I'll give power over nations. Meaning that which we he has laid hold of us for, that he has given his power for we are now to lay hold of the power. We're to lay hold to the very end. And that is a function of that dominion work. That is the function of a strength that is to do with our outer walk. It is to do with the dominion and the might of God to be able to walk out this inherent power within us. And that hold on is also used, that's how Jesus functions. In chapter two, one, to the angel of the church of Ephesus write these things says he who, what? Holds the seven stars. So the hold that we have is the way he holds. <laughs> These things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden gold lampstands. I know your works and your labor, your patience that you cannot bear, those who evil. So in the very same manner that he has laid hold of us, we are now with that same strength, laying hold of him. Walking mm-hmm. out, Dominion on earth. Glory be to God. That we are now strengthened with all might to be able to do the works of the ministry, to be able to fulfill the call of God in our lives. Amen. I'm done. Glory to God.